often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 554. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse with my trusty sidekick, the kitty cat, Agent Fox Mulder, laying by my side. He's he's wagging his tail and just kind of kind of passed out. He seems good though. He seems chill, chillaxed. He's, uh, he's, he's got some food in his belly, so hopefully he's docile, docile. I'm recording early, a day early, as, uh, I, uh, normally record on Saturdays as, uh, tomorrow, well, today is Friday, tomorrow is, uh, of course, Saturday. Uh, I, I don't actually put them up until Sundays, but I, uh, I'm recording it on a Friday. March 31st, to be precise, 2023. <laughs> Just in case you're 100 years in the future somehow listening to this, implanted straight into your ears. Through, this is an AI probably listening to this in the future. That could be tomorrow. <laughs> Before somehow I release this. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm recording early because uh, I I believe I mentioned it a while back on the podcast. I was planning on running 30 miles from Dutzau to Herman uh, on April 1st. That would be April Fool's Day. Um, uh, my group run group has got a little group run going on. The uh, I pity the fool who runs 30 miles, I believe is what it's called. Um. <sighs> But uh, due to injuries, I won't be really running it per se. <laughs> I'm gonna probably jump in for a couple at the beginning, a couple miles that is, not thirty, not twenty nine, not twenty six, maybe like three or four, if at all. <laughs> I've really, I've really fucked me old foot up. Uh, still bugging me from last October, was it? Early October? I don't know. It still hasn't right. And this week, I've broken a new pair of boots work that have uh they're trying to break them in i don't think they're officially broken yet uh my feet might be broke but <laughs> the boots not so much they are not broken in yet um and they're different boots than i'm accustomed to i've worn boots before working uh as a uh <coughs> steel man <laughs> no <laughs> makes it sound like i'm <laughs> colossus or something uh, steel worker, um, that is, building steel joists. Before that, back in the day, in my early 20s, I used to like to wear boots a lot. I don't think I ever had any steel toe, but I, I used to wear a lot of dark Martin boots. And no, I wasn't a skinhead, just to clarify. And mainly I wore the Doc Martin shoes, but I, for a while I did rock the boots, and I would play basketball in the boots. That was, that was the thing. I remember... People give me a lot of shit for that playing basketball, and finally I broke down and had enough money to buy a pair of like basketball shoes. I bought them, and they're actually I bought them online when buying stuff online was still in its infancy. So um, I bought them online, and uh, it was when I had my like first apartment, I think, and uh, I was like twenty, twenty one, something like this, and uh, I guess I would have been twenty. And I finally bought a pair, and it was right when I quit playing basketball. <laughs> I finally had a pair of basketball shoes. They they didn't really fit that well anyway, so it was like. Uh, but they used to give me shit playing basketball in the boots. They called me Air Martin because <laughs> I would be out there at Doc Martens playing basketball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I used to dig the boots back in the day, but uh, especially since running, I haven't cared to wear boots. I just mainly wear run shoes as constantly have to buy them running long distance and uh so i always have like the pair that i'm running in and then i have pairs that i wear around doing everything else that's like the retired pair of running shoes you know the chick gets expensive I have to buy those all the time uh 
but yeah, I've got. To, I had uh, at at the old the 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 new job. I guess. It, well, I mean, I've been there for almost five months now. It's the newness is wearing off. <laughs> um, but uh, I had to buy my own work boots starting out because you know they're not gonna. They have a high turnover rate with new people. It's a tough job. So they're not gonna buy every person that comes in there boots. You know, steel toe boots. They're they're pricey. <laughs> And so uh, I had to buy a pair going in there, and so I bought some cheaper shoes over at Walmart, but they did the trick. I still have them. They have laces. Uh, And I had to wear, they didn't have a metatarsal guard, so I had to lace up a metatarsal guard over that, that they did provide at work. Um, I still have those. But uh, after the three-month period of being there, they, of course, will uh, provide a pair of boots uh, free of charge for uh, anybody that's, of course, over the three months and you've got your blue hat. And uh, you're allowed one pair of boots a year. They'll uh, order you a pair of boots. Or, like this week, they actually had the supplier that comes in who they buy the boots from come in with a uh, truck, and then you could go on just try on boots and pick a pair and then walk away with them right there so that's what i did the other day i got uh, a pair of boots and jimmy cromagnon had advised me that uh to do away with the laces and that it's so much easier and the more you don't have to lace it all the way up and also there's just more protection in those boots as far as getting burnt um you know when you're welding a lot and or like cutting uh, more of the problems if you're using a torch to cut steel. That's when the problem really becomes a problem with the boots, I think. You have a hot piece of slag just fucking, you don't want that going down your boot. <laughs> and the lace shoes, even if you got the metatarsal guard, there's there's less protection where those laces are, man, at the top of the boot. I mean, that's a, that's a danger zone. That's a danger zone. Like, uh, you know, old Top Gun, or uh, as I remember Danger Zone from, Archer, where he's always going, you're going to the danger zone. Danger zone, Lana, danger zone. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm trying the boots without the laces. They're basically, I mean, almost cowboy boots at this point. Um, it's a little weird. I don't know that I'm too crazy about not having the extra protection or, uh, or not, not protection but support in the ankle area. Because you don't have the laces. When you have laces, you tighten it up and you got... <clears throat> you can actually have a, a bigger pair with the laces than your foot really is. And then the laces really tighten it up. And then, you know, it really seems to protect that ankle more. Though I don't currently have problems with the ankles. It's below the ankle that seems to be the problem. <laughs> um, but it is weird adjusting to those boots. And my feet are are uh, not doing great. <laughs> As the first day in it, man, brutal, brutal. It was the first two hours, like, you know, these aren't too bad. I feel kind of comfortable. I wasn't sure if I got the right size because it's hard to tell when you don't have the laces and you can't, like, tie it in. And, uh, you know, you want to be able to get your foot in the butt, obviously, with these to slide it on, which I was able to achieve that. But I was afraid maybe they were a little too loose. Like, maybe I should have tried the size below, but... I th- I think now I think they are the right size. So, uh, I think had I gone another size lower, I'd uh, have a hell of a time getting the boot on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I do a kick or something, which you know, is not required in my job, <laughs> there shouldn't be any instance where I have to, like, kick. <laughs> I'm not a raquette. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't appear like if I, you know, throw my leg up for whatever reason that the boot's going to come flying off. So I think I think it's safe to say that that's all right. But again, the first day, man, the first two hours, like eh, these are pretty comfortable. They're not bad. I'm getting used to it. Like I think I live this. Like the first night I got them, I it was after hours at work. I went ahead and just went into the the truck they had set up, got the boots there. Then I wore them home, just for like the ride home and like the walk through the parking lot, basically. <clears throat> And I could tell my feet are already, ooh, not liking that. I was like, ooh, this is a problem. 
And of course, like I knew work boots, leather boots, big, heavy work boots, man, they're a bitch to break in. And so it was, <laughs> I knew I was in for a world of hurt and with the issues I've had with my feet lately. <laughs> Uh, but it, I definitely felt it just from that little while wearing them, uh, Tuesday night and then, uh, Wednesday, first day, first two hours, like, yeah, they did feel comfortable and I was getting used to, it was weird there. The soles on them are quite a bit thicker than my laced up shoes from Walmart. And, uh, man, I felt like I was a foot taller, which threw me off <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> just, it, it was, it put me, uh, <laughs> In a weird predicament, man. I, I it was. It, it took a while to get accustomed to be high, being higher up. <laughs> My welds were off. I was, and then after once first break rolled around, like uh, after two and a half hours uh, being there, I go to first break. I get back from first break, and then my feet are just like, like fuck you, dude. This is you're you're gonna pay for this shit. <laughs> you are gonna fucking pay. And then it was just brutal the rest of the day. And then I was just like, it was hard for me to focus on actual work because uh, my feet were yelling at me and uh, doing doing uh, bad stuff. And it, I, re- I read stuff on like uh, people's tips on how to work uh, properly, or well, not properly, but just their tips on uh, ways to break in work boots. And... They're saying, of course, like, oh, don't wear them immediately to work. I'm like, yeah, no, f- okay, fuck that. <laughs> I'm just going to go all in. But they say, you know, like, wear them around the house for a little bit. Just, like, walk up and down the stairs. Like, rock your feet on the on the stairs. And then get some oil, mink oil, I believe they said. And then work that into the uh, bend spots, I guess, if you want to call it. Uh, they had some kind of term for, you know, movement or trouble areas on the shoe or the boot to really loosen those parts up, to get it moisturized and make it easier to bend. I did none of that. <laughs> and there was uh, one, one article that said that uh, yeah, recommends do not just immediately wear them in, to work. Uh, like they, I believe there was something to the effect of saying that uh, you're going to be in more of a world of hurt than like a, running back in the NFL or something like that. Like don't like don't even do it if you think you have like the pain tolerance of some of uh running back in the NFL. I'm not not sure of the exact exactly what they said, but I was like, "Oh, you know what? Fuck you. I'll show you. I've got extremely high pain tolerance, asshole." <laughs> Which yeah, it was painful, but uh, yeah, I mean, I made it through. I made it through. And it got easier the last two days. Thursday and Friday. Today it was it was a lot easier. But uh, once getting home, Wednesday and Thursday was pretty rough. I had to, I had to wrap my foot nice, and uh, I lay down immediately as soon as I got home. I didn't do that today. No ice. Still didn't feel great, but uh, yeah. And I guess the the morning I'm gonna run a little bit. <laughs> but you know, I for the most part, I think for the run, I'm just gonna be there for the start. And then uh, if anybody needs, like, aid, if they want a uh, drop bag dropped off the next location or something, I'll do that, you know. I'll ride to the next place, drop it off, and we'll see what happens. Unless somebody talks me into being really stupid tomorrow and running 30 miles. But I, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. It's going to be a lot of fucking walking if that's the case. It's going to be a huge mistake on my part. But man, I would really like to get back into shape again. But my foot, my foot is a problem. <laughs> It'd be on the Katie Trail. See, I'm already trying to talk myself into it. Like the more I talk about it, the more like you know what, you should probably do it. <laughs> and it's these two conflicting parts of me. And uh, yeah, I, I I should not do that. The 100% should not do that. That is a horrible idea. And I'll be like a real cripple after that. Though, on the plus side, I'm only working four days next week. Because, of course, Zombie Jesus will be coming back next week. That is because uh, good old Easter is uh, coming back around again. Uh, And I'm off for Good Friday. So, three-day weekend. And, uh, you know, time to to repair myself. (laughs) 
recoup. Uh, zombie Jesus. We'll be back again. Coming back around. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, there's, uh, I, uh, I guess in the world, has somebody got indicted? I don't know. I heard something in the news. Someone was indicted. They might have been important at one point. I'm not sure. They didn't sound all that important to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was, I feel like they were very tan or fake tannish. Not sure. But I guess other big news for me, though, I did uh, met last week. I believe I talked quite a bit about the uh, effects pedal I had ordered. And uh, I did get it in this week. It was like Monday. Monday. Yeah, I got it Monday. Um, I got the MXR Tomarello Power 50, which is an amp in a box pedal that uh, mimics Tomarello's rig, his uh, Marshall JCM 800 going through a PV cabinet. And uh, it's a, a 50 watt head, that hence power 50. Um, of course, it, it mimics that. Also, it has an FX loop inside the pedal that you can run your, just like he does on his amp, because he's most guitarists run their effects straight through the front of the amp, whereas uh, Tom Morello rocks uh, like all of his effects essentially through that effects loop so you're not getting the uh, distortion from the amp and everything fucking up those effects a whole lot. It's not like degrading it, I guess is the term to use, perhaps. And uh, since the effects loop of my Fender champ doesn't seem to really work for whatever reason, it was nice to have that. And if you want to hit that tone, man, that's a big part of it is having those effects not fucked up and also it's it's nice to have that pedal as well I've been playing so much tool and with the diesel VH4 pedal I mean that's really what I I need that tool uh tone that's that gets me to that tool tone that VH4 pedal but it doesn't really sound like Tom Morello and it doesn't play well with my strat which is what I I use for you know playing rage and shit it doesn't sound good I don't like this I mean I could probably dial it in I think the problem is Tom Morello has his settings a lot different than Mr. Adam Jones. They may have been in a band together in like high school <laughs> back in the day, but they are very different. I believe Morello was on bass then. I might have that mixed up. Morello on bass and then Adam Jones on guitar. And uh, it might have been reverse. It might have been the other way. They were called electric, the electric sheep, and apparently they were no good. <laughs> from what I've heard Tamarillo say. I have not heard any electric sheep. I don't know that there are any recordings of the electric sheep. Um, it would be cool to have those two, like, do something now, though, you know. Do a little collab. I know uh, Maynard, of course, was on... Uh, Maynard, James Keenan, that is, was on the first Rage album. But there was no crossover between Adam Jones. He didn't, like, come play, you know? It, which is odd. You You think... You think Adam and Tom would would do something together? Anyway, <laughs> uh, the big difference. I think the reason why I can't hit those rage tones because I don't I I don't try to dial it in because I want to leave it set for tool. I hate trying to change the levels on everything so drastically. Like Adam Jones runs mids like maxed out. And I think his bass is higher than, like, the treble. Whereas Tom Morello runs the treble maxed out, dimed, as the, as, as the, as the cool kids call it. <laughs> Which I think has been, you know, for a couple of decades, people have referred to maxing out the settings as dimed on an amp. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he gets the treble dimed, and then, like, uh, bass is like three or four or something like that. It's low. And the mids are, I believe, above the bass, but they're not. Might It might be like at six or something. It might be like midway, like like noon. But uh, 
that trebles all the way up. And it, so that's like already like a big difference. Not to mention, I mean, the diesel amplifier sounds a lot different than a Marshall. Which that diesel, I think, is what really sets that tool tone. Which is why that VH4 pedal so great. Even though Adam runs with the dual amplifier, sometimes triple amplifier rig. He's got the Marshall Super Bass uh, amp, as well as the diesel VH4. Sometimes he runs a Mesa Boogie as well. Whereas Tom Morello's just used that Marshall 50 watt JCM 800 his whole career with the PB cab. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, having that, uh, that pedal is just, man, it does sound a lot closer to that rage tone. And I'm able to just, it's convenient to have one pedal for playing tool and then, uh, have this other pedal for like, Oh, I'm going to kick over to some rage. And I don't have to change all these damn settings and try to dial it in. <laughs> and it, it just sounds so good with my Stratocaster. Although I feel like, like I'm almost cheating on my my Les Paul now. Even though before I got the Adam Jones Les Paul, I was playing that Stratocaster all the time, the Tomarello uh, signature Strat, uh, <laughs> that is. And uh, there was like a, almost cheating on on that Strat once I got the Adam Jones Les Paul because that <laughs> most nice. That's all I play. That's all I want. Want my hands stroking. Is that that nice? That nice nitrocellulose lacquered neck, long neck, thick, round neck, <laughs> just throbbing in my hands as you pluck those strings. <laughs> we we uh we we've done a lot together, me and that Les Paul. Uh and and now that I got the Tomarello pedal, I'm back to play in the strat more although I've, I've still made sure to I'm still playing probably the Les Paul more but I'm getting some of the strat in there as well as it man it's fun playing rage stuff I find it's a lot more difficult to, to nail that it's weird it's it's harder to nail a lot of the rage stuff for me other than uh compared to like the tool because probably I've just played tool way more but also the weird shit that Tom Morello does with like the kill switch and running the whammy pedal and stuff. It's, it's a little tricky <laughs> getting that right. Like the, uh, DJ scratching and stuff on uh bulls on parade, which isn't like a normal guitar technique. He's, you know, he's trying to sound like a DJ. Whereas, I mean, don't get me wrong. Adam Jones has some techniques that are hard, hard, to uh, get down, like there's the uh, like pull through technique that he uses in a lot of songs. May like the one that really pops out and like demonstrates is like Jambi at the beginning of that, where he uh, hits the uh, low D string and then where he actually picks it and then drags his fret hand, that index finger, down through to the next string, the A and then the uh, other D string as a uh, it's a nice little effect that he does. Whereas he's not picking those other two strings. He's actually just dragging his finger, his again, fret finger down. And uh, it took me a while to get to the use of that. And he does a lot of hammering on uh, without picking. And like anima or anima, however you want to say it. <laughs> like that one, t- that one's take t- taking me quite a while to get the, the right technique down at the beginning of that because he's not picking a whole lot of that. He's just like hammering it on with the, which the string gauge is what really made that easier, which I feel like I might end up having to change strings again on my Strat and put the uh, skinny top heavy bottom on the Strat to make that more custom what I'm used to playing because I'm so used to that now because both Les Pauls I have, I've got that on there. And Tom Morello does a lot of hammer-ons as well without plucking the strings when he's rocking the the whammy pedal like on uh, the song Know Your Enemy. At the beginning, he's got it... I think the whammy set it like two octaves up. Maybe it's a little bit higher than that. I don't remember. But he's got the whammy set like a, a, a couple of octaves up. And then he's hammering on with his fret hand to get those notes without... 
actually picking it, and then he's taking his pick hand, pick hand and then uh, rocking the kill switch back and forth. And that's, you know, it's almost like trying to play the drums. <laughs> you got to be a little bit more coordinated for that. You got to nail the right w- rhythm with a kill switch, and then you're also got, you're doing a little bit different rhythm here with your pick hand. It's like chewing bubble gum and like tapping your head or something. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more to it, you know? I mean, it's still not like in, insanely hard to do, but it's just a little bit more challenging. I'm not saying I'm an amazing guitarist by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and, you know, maybe if I could like read music and understand it a little bit better, then I wouldn't have such a hard time learning this stuff um (laughs) but uh it's fun i enjoy the pedal and whatnot and i did run into the old friend of the show uh, he's been on several times but uh it's been years now at this point dr dr h greenley as uh (laughs) man it's been probably a good five six years hopefully i i uh talk to him again soon it'd be great to have him on he was uh he was on uh, the last time he was on. I'm not sure if this was the last time, but I remember one of the, my favorite times of having him on uh, was having him on for Will Roulette. <laughs> and there was a trade between Trebejo and the Doctor, I believe it was, for uh, my car, which at the time was a 2008 Ford Focus, um, Vermilion Red. And... Uh, <laughs> Trebe- I don't remember who I, I feel like Trebejo did the trade for the N64 but maybe it was the Doctor one of them had the car and one of them had the N64 and then there was a trade made for the car for the N64 which was hilarious because I mean at the time you probably still could have gotten a couple of grand out of my car like maybe two grand at the time it was in better shape than it was when I got rid of it. The transmission hadn't gone out of it yet. <laughs> I mean, you could have easily at least gotten like 1200 maybe 1500 <laughs> out of it for selling it. So, I mean, I don't know what the price of uh, N64 is now. That's gone up since that Will Roulette. But I'm thinking you could have gotten a... U- this was a very used N64. I'm going to look it up now. What kind of prices Ooh, wow um yeah there's the original there's a hundred dollars for a refurbished n64 one of them here is 433 but i think it's because it's the translucent green one. Oh, and they have the uh which i do have this for my system the the upgraded uh like booster pack whatever you call it it like Gave it more computing power. I forgot what the fuck it was. What they actually called it. But uh, to play, like, I think it was Perfect Dark. Goldeneye might have required it. But there was a, a thing to increase the power of the 64 that you had to get. To be able to play some of these games. And mine has it in there, because obviously I... Uh, <laughs> Had that, but um, I'm wondering why one of these is for a hundred dollars and this is for four and thirty-six dollars. It's the jungle green edition. This is the four hundred dollar one. But yeah, I thought it was funny though that the, the doctor Trebejo made a trade for the N64. Oh man! Wow, I don't think I have this one. I used to have some of the. Wrestling games for the uh, 64, but holy shit, man. They were fucking awesome games. But this one, I don't think this is one I had. But there was the WWF No Mercy. Which, on this website, they have for $649. Wow. Um, Holy shit. Dude, I... Again, I think the the ones I had were, I want to say, 
Yeah, I know. I knew Conker's Bad Fur Day you could sell for a lot, but I love that game so much I can't fucking sell it. I mean, there's uh, here's a used copy of that for two hundred thirty bucks. A fucking cartridge game. That's just boggles my brain. <laughs> Maybe that was a good trade <laughs> for the sixty four. Perhaps I, the games might have been included. You know, in which case had they just waited a couple of years because. At the time of that trade, this, of course, was several years ago. I think this is one of the Ireland trips. Is it Ireland or Germany? One of the two. I feel like it was Ireland. Um, But uh, some of these games, man, go for a lot. I love those fucking games, though, man. It's hard to go, you know, <laughs> though I don't fucking play them. Um, it's hard to, uh, to part with those, man, because I enjoyed them so much. Uh, I now I'm just like uh, oh, just seeing that price tag. It makes me really almost consider <laughs> like uh, like selling these, but I can't. Like I got the original Golden Eye and Perfect Dark still, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, which those games aren't aren't worth that much. There there was so many of those games. Those were high selling games. Oh, I forgot Tony Hawk was on there. That one's not worth a whole lot on this website. And, uh, man, it's... Oh, here's the one... Oh, you motherfuckers. Well, why... One of the No Mercy games is only $60. I don't understand why that one was so special at $400. Um, oh, here we go. N64 Rare Games. Let's find that. Yeah, the wrestling games I had don't look that rare. Um, it's looking like I only have one of those rare games. <laughs> oh, there's Excite Bike. I played that, but I didn't have that. There's, uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Seems to like to be the best one to have, though. As, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that seems to be, like, the one to have, which I have, which I don't want to get rid of. I might one day, you know, decide I'm going to play Conker's Bad Fur Day again. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe that, it's probably not today. I got shit to do. I got to get ready. And I got to finish my Battle Pass on Call of Duty, so I, <laughs> I don't plan on doing that. Uh, <clears throat> good Lord, it's fucking crazy, though. Man, it's the GameCube games, when I sold those, those were getting pricey. Those were getting pricey. It's It's so funny to be to me to see these old console games going for so much, knowing that you can just get like ROMs of these things and play them on whatever, you know, computer and shit. But, you know, it's not the same as playing it on the system. I get that. I, I totally understand it. It's like I get these prices and then it's also like, man, really? <laughs> uh See, I should have been holding on to this shit, not my comic book collection. One day, maybe I'll I'll dig into those. But there was some the comic books that I have were ones that they just printed an insane amount in the '90s, mainly when I got those, and there was just an insane amount of comics of those printed. And uh, not very many of them worth much. <laughs> maybe in a hundred years. They'll be worth something. I don't know. I, I imagine I'll probably be dead by that point, but <laughs> the estate sale that happens once once I go and the penthouse is being cleared out. It's there's gonna be some uh you know, stuff that goes for a while. The bank's gonna make some money. The bank will make some money. Maybe that Gibson uh, Adam Jones over there will uh will, will uh, make him some money. Hopefully by that point I'll have it paid off. <laughs> that is one nice thing about playing this, the Strabs. Like, oh, this one's actually paid for. <laughs> uh, gotta love that stimulus money. That's fantastic. Just playing that and like, mm, thanks, COVID. <laughs> one plus came out of, of COVID. I got a, I got a Tom Morello signature Strat. <laughs> uh which I could have, you know, that would have been $1,500 that I really could have used towards, you know, down payment on 
the penthouse or paid a little bit more on my car, something, or just off some debt. They would have been. But, you know, back then, I it really had nothing to do. So it was good for the uh, yeah, stuff was still closed. Couldn't do much. So I needed to do shit indoors. And so I did. It's good for the brain. Speaking of uh, keeping yourself entertained, as it were, inside, I, you know, I'm liking where the Mandalorian is uh, starting to head here with uh, this last episode. Um, there was no Jar Jar in this latest episode. <laughs> Although, I mean, the episode before, he wasn't technically in it. The actor who played Jar Jar was in it. And we think it's possible that it was Jar Jar's ship he escaped in. Again, we don't know if this was Sith Jar Jar trying uh, to make this Jedi, fool this Jedi into helping Palpatine with uh, getting a clone by getting Grogu back from the uh, Jedi Temple. There's no confirmation uh, that that's true or not true at this point. And we may never know the answer. But uh, (laughs) I like the... uh, we're getting more Mandalorians, and it appears that they're going to have the different uh, tribes, I guess, whatever you want to call them. Uh, it, like the Children of the Watch is the clan. Uh, clan that's the term I was looking for, clans. Uh, the Children of the Watch is the, the uh, clan that Din Djarin uh, belongs to where they can't take their helmet off. That's part of the way. They have a very strict creed, whereas uh, Bo-Katan has been through many clans as she's uh, sort of been like with the Children of the Watch um, these last few episodes, I guess. And before that, she was part of Death Watch. She was part of several different clans through the uh, the time, if you go back and watch. Um, uh, I guess it was mainly through the, the Clone Wars cartoon uh but uh i think see bo katan um yeah she was on clone was she in rebels i don't remember if she was in rebels or not i think so (laughs) but uh yeah i guess she was in rebels and and in uh clone wars uh but she, uh, yeah, she went through, uh, she also, you know, served under Darth Maul. Or wait, you know, she, no, she served under Pre Vizsla of the House Vizsla until his death at the hand of fallen Sith Lord Darth Maul. Um, she refused to join him, that's right. It's been a wa- been a long time since I've watched The Clone Wars. Uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's been a minute, and, uh. It's never like that hardcore watching it and paid it that much attention. It was always kind of in passing. Um, I have a tendency to watch it while I eat and while I don't actually watching stuff when I eat, I'm very not like actively watching stuff. Um, but yeah, she was with the night owls death watch and uh, several different uh, clans she was affiliated with. Whereas, of course, she led the Mandalorians for a bit when she had the dark saber. And, uh, but she didn't win it in combat as uh, Sabine Wren uh, gave it to her, I believe, is how she got the dark saber. And then uh, bad shit happened. And, of course, they were like, you didn't win it in combat. You falsely ruled. Now the <laughs> most of the Mandalorians are like, fuck you, I won't. I won't serve for you, Bo-Katan. But it appears she's proven herself, and she saw the Mythosaur. And it sounds like she's going to be uniting the clans. Though, you know, maybe Din Djarin will rule. I mean, he, he does have currently have the Darksaber and, uh, and whatnot. And Grogu is the... Uh, <laughs> that part was a little silly, having Grogu do the fight and stuff. And I'm talking about eventually Grogu's going to have to wear a helmet. And uh, since 
They're part of the Children of the Watch. That, uh, you know, he'll have to keep wearing the helmet. <laughs> That's part of the their creed. This is for, for Grogu to wear the helmet. I don't see that ever happening in the show, though. Don't get me wrong. Because uh, it's kind of a big part of the show is to have... Grogu, I mean, his face, it's its launched a million toys. And uh, it's the big, one of the big, uh, you know, draws for the show that's definitely won over a lot of people because they're like, holy shit, it's Baby Yoda. And you hide that face, it's just this little fucking puppet with a mask. And it's just not the same. Just not the same at all. And, uh... I am. I think, though, it is highly possible that we're going to get uh, either like a show or a movie in the future with adult Grogu. Maybe they've already mentioned this. I don't know. I don't follow Star Wars news really much. There for a while I was hardcore watching it, but like it, at some point I was just like, eh. Like I'd rather just kind of be surprised and watch the show and not get too crazy into uh, what's going on. Like, I think it's also more of that I have more stuff to do to keep myself busy now. Whereas when Mandalorian first came out, I mean, that was like right when the fucking pandemic hit. I didn't have shit to do. <laughs> they cut my hours at work. Um, I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, give me some Star Wars news. <laughs> Which I think it was a lot of people were in that situation. And that just created more of just the people wanting any information they can get on The Mandalorian. Because there was no other television coming out or like shows. It's not really TV per se. Um, <clears throat> but I, I would think they're going to have an adult Grogu at some point in, in one of the shows. And, you know, we'll get to get to see. Yeah, there's adult Grogu, but it's he's all Jedi'd out. What the fuck? He does not a Jedi. He chose not to be a Jedi. There's some. Oh, this is kind of a cool helmet. They did give him. I kind of like this helmet. Uh, I mean, it looks like his fucking head. It'll be interesting to see what. Uh. Yeah, th- I think this is just like fan stuff I'm seeing when I find this. Let's see here. This is a good thing on Kiora. At what age will Grogu be considered an adult? Which I find it funny. Like now they're like, oh, he's getting to say some more words. He's understanding a little bit more. It seems like he's aging too fast because he's already supposed to be, what, 50 at the beginning of The Mandalorian? And he's still like an infant? Call me crazy, but <laughs> I would think it would take several more decades for him to learn anything. Uh, and what it says here on Kiora, uh, the question, this question is a stumper. Yoda was approximately 900 years old at the time of the original trilogy. In The Empire Strikes Back, Yoda says he had trained Jedi for 800 years of his life, meaning he had become a Jedi Knight or Jedi Master by the time he was 100 years old. He was an adult by that time. Grogu, at the age of 50, is a toddler. Is there a growth spurt in maturity and comprehension between 50 and 100? That's a bit of a stretch. During the first 20 years of his life, from his birth to Order 66, he was trained by many masters that allowed him to home rudimentary abilities with the Force. It could be that between the events of Order 6 and the Mandalorian, he did not mature behaviorally due to not having a constant protector who could teach him everything from right and wrong, left from right, or the basics of a rubesh. <laughs> he could be behaviorally immature for his age. When most kids were receiving an elementary education, he was hiding. Whether John Favreau and Dave Filoni decide to explain Grogu's maturity, uh, maturing from toddlerhood to young adulthood remains to be seen. Glad to be of service. This was as of two years ago, this reply. JJB. I don't know who JJB is. I don't think it's anybody really affiliated with Star Wars, so this is just someone's opinion. 
Um, this is Emil, right? Uh, which oh, John Joyce Baker. Oh, he's got a BA film production from Hunter College, so he's you know he's got he's done some film studying at least. Again, I don't know if he's affiliated with anything real in Star Wars. There, anyway, Emil says Star Wars fan. Author has 9.9 thousand answers and 9.1 million answer views. Oh. Let's assume Yoda was about a, as long-lived as Yoda's species gets at around 9900 when he dies of old age. The current average life expect- expectancy of a 2021 human is about 73 years. But let's say 90 is the Yoda equivalent age, about as old as we get. We could imagine that on average, Yoda's species lives for about 730 years. So we can just multiply by 10 and say that maybe they are considered adult at the equivalent of 18. Like we're at 18, whereas they would be at 180. But of course, not all species mature at the same rate. Humans are on the long side, perhaps because of our complicated brains. It could be that Yoda's species matures more or less quickly. There's no way to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody's going to write it. That's what it is. Just just tell me what it is, John Favreau. <laughs> Why is John Favreau not in here? Uh, see, uh, there's a... Uh, Zach Williams writes, uh, oh, it says related. What do you think will happen to Grogu once the Mandalorian ends? Uh, but uh, I think this art sums it up very nicely. And it's a picture of just old Grogu with the, the ball that he got from the uh, star, uh, Razor Crest. It says Grogu will probably become a Jedi Master. Well, that's already wrong. And train Padawans as Yoda did, and as his surrogate father Din Djarin did to him. Hope this answered your question. No, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> He's a Mando, baby. He's a Mando. Um, then again, you know, he might just become, go back to being a Jedi. Something happens to Din, and he just goes back to Luke or something. Although it would appear with Luke being out on the island all by himself, that Grogu is like, yeah, no, maybe don't go hang out with that dude. He's kind of freaky. He's just milking these, milking this blue milk of these fucking seals or whatever the fuck that thing was. And he's just kind of weird, just hanging out on an island. I don't think I want to be a part of that. I'd rather go play with this ball that I got from this ship. Uh... You know, I think it's possible, though, that uh, something happened uh, after Order 66 that maybe some to protect him like he regressed or something. Or maybe he's just like pretending to be more of an, a child. I don't know. They, I don't think they're ever going to f- truly explain this, that they're just going to. I don't know that Disney's thought this through that much. I think the fans <laughs> have thought it out way more than Disney did and that uh I I believe that they're just going to like almost if they do ever elaborate on the show or in another movie or something with like a more of an adult uh Grogu that it'll be uh they'll they'll just go read over the fan fiction and be like, you know what? This sounds pretty good. This sounds pretty good. They put it out on the internet, and it's kind of like free. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll take that and just kind of change it slightly, ever so slightly, and then uh, run with it. Whereas, uh, there's got some cool fan art I'm seeing here on artstation.com of Grogu. He looks like an elf in this one, though. It's kind of he's got the dark saber plus a green lightsaber. That's pretty cool. I mean, there is there is the situation too where, though it did seem he did turn his back on the Jedi, which Luke seemed to give him, like th- there had to be a choice, either one or the other. He couldn't do both. But if you follow Legends, the Star Wars extended universe, there was which I some of this might be canon. 
Um, uh, the first, well, I don't know if it was the first Mandalorian. Let's see here. Uh, man, I, uh, I spelled Mandalorian wrong. <laughs> Tara Vizla. Okay, was a Force-sensitive human male who, as a child, was eventually inducted into the Jedi Order, becoming the first Mandalorian to do so. Yeah, um, wasn't the first Mandalorian, though. Uh, he eventually became a Jedi Knight in around 1050 BBY. Um, Vizla created the Darksaber during his time as a Jedi. And uh, so, I mean, there was a, at least one Mando that was also a Jedi, which good chance Grogu could do that. He could tame the Mythosaur. And Grogu just might end up being the leader. And just, like, he's going to, like, drool on some shit. <laughs> Be like, I don't know what the fuck this kid's saying. This fucking kid. But I'm following him. He, this Mandalorian. He's, like, eating frogs all day. And then, like, playing with balls. I don't know what he's all about. But, I, you know, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. He he uh, tamed the Mythosaur. He hasn't yet. But it seems very likely of all the people... You would think Grogu would be the most likely to tame the Mythosaur, which is one of the big things if you want to rule Mandalore, is taming the uh, the Mythosaur. And we've seen Grogu tame other animals. Then, then of course, though, maybe Grogu tames the Mythosaur, and you know maybe Bo-Katan takes credit for it. Then again, maybe you know maybe not. Maybe maybe Bo-Katan just tames the Mythosaur. It's hard to say where they're going to go with it, but there's only like a, three more episodes or something like that left of the season. So like, almost like there's too much story to go along. And I feel like they're going to do a Game of Thrones sort of situation here where they <laughs> wrap things up a little too easily and just kind of kill a lot of the storylines and be like, okay, that's what you built this up for? That's kind of like what, <laughs> you know, I felt with uh, the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones at least. I mean, that was very much like I felt like I was being jerked off for like five seasons. Four or five seasons was the real buildup. But, ooh, winter's, winter's coming. Winter's coming. And then we're going to have this just craziness with the White Walkers. And then that comes in like a couple episodes. Like, they just fucking kill the king real easy. And it's like, what? Then Bran's king? What? Like, huh? What? <laughs> Daenerys goes all crazy it definitely felt like oh, we just need to get out of this contract so we can go do other things let's, let's just fucking finish the show and uh, I I hope they don't do that with the Mandalorian Although, though it does seem like they want to milk the Mandalorian as much as possible because it's like the biggest thing Star Wars related right now I mean that was the biggest part of the book of Boba Fett the episodes that really seem to do well the ones with Din Jarden. And uh, Grogu in it. And, uh, I mean, they've put Ahsoka in there, and, uh, I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think eventually they will have, like, a, a film. They, they've got to have, like, a film or show later in Grogu's life. Maybe he won't be the protagonist of it, the main draw would seem odd to have that unless it was going to be like a smaller thing like a cartoon or something of that nature like a Clone Wars-esque thing that I could see them doing more like the lead but for a movie uh, or like a live action show I don't think that they would have Grogu as the, the main character even as an adult still I would imagine like a bit of a side character but yeah, who knows who knows I mean, the new Indiana Jones, they deep-faked Harrison Ford's old ass into a young <laughs> Harrison Ford body. And uh, I, I'm, I'm down for seeing that. Down for seeing that. I love me some Indiana Jones. I haven't brought it up in a long time, but I've mentioned it before in the past on this show that uh, I wanted to be Indiana Jones as a kid. and not like uh, I thought I wanted to be an archaeologist at one point, because Indiana Jones was an archaeologist. 
then I found out archaeologists don't tend to like run from boulders and kill Nazis. That's not in the job requirements, let's say, <laughs> or uh, expectations of what you might do. Although there are more Nazis out now. Th- that's more of a thing again. Um, so there is a chance you might come across some Nazis while you're digging for artifacts with a toothbrush and a spoon. See, I f- <laughs> when, I, when I started to realize more of what the job of archaeology really required, that it's like you're, a, you're dealing with a, a toothbrush and like digging with a spoon and a toothbrush... And which actually did interest me for a little bit as a kid. Again, though, I really just wanted to be Indiana Jones. I was just a huge fan of uh, Mr. Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I love me some Han Solo, but really, I mean, he wasn't the big draw for me as, in Star Wars. I love the scoundrel and all, but I love, you know, like the Jedi and such. Like Luke. And, uh, but Indy, though, man, fucking, that's a different story. Love me some Indiana Jones. So being able to get like another episode, another movie with Harrison Ford and being younger, hopefully, I mean, the deep fakes are getting pretty damn good. I don't know. Uh, I I watched the trailer, but it was a while ago. <laughs> I I would like to see this indie movie. I'm I'm pretty happy about that. As oh, you know what? Holy shit! Oh, oh, too too bad I'm going to that race tomorrow. <laughs> I know the uh, new Evil Dead movie comes out April 1st, I believe. Um, let's see. Movies and theaters. Um, I do believe that's... I know they got John Wick Chapter 4 just came out or whatever, but... Uh, I haven't even seen John Wick 3. I've seen the first two. Um, sadly, I didn't go see the last Ant Man. I'd like to see that, but you know, it will be on Disney Plus before too long. I love going to see movies in the theater. Need to do more of that. Uh, do do do. I don't want to see movies in theaters right now. <laughs> uh, ba ba ba, movies in theaters. Movie's coming soon. Here we go. Here we go. Deadpool 3. That's got a while. That's next year. Avatar 3. I haven't even seen Avatar 2. <laughs> um, When does the new indie come out? I think it's soon. Uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf won't be in the new indie, which I kind of figured that. I th- already figured that was... Uh. Damn it. I wonder if they're going to rip off because many years ago on the show, we, uh, uh, I got to look it up. There's a, we had come up with a plot for the next Indiana Jones. And uh, here I'm going to look up the show notes, at least on it. We had come up with a movie pitch because we did that for a few, uh, a few times. We did a movie pitch. Let's see here. And no, that ain't it. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of times I put Indiana Jones in the title. Okay, wow. It was back in 2015. We came up with this show pitch. <laughs> oh, man. The, 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 the name of the movie was going to be Indiana Jones and the Search for the Cure. Um, which, if I remember correctly, basically you find out the Nazis made AIDS. <laughs> there, was, there was a Stargate involved. And apparently there was a Dr. Otto von Schlutz. Um, it says short round connects the dots. That would be great to have Ki Hui Kwan in it. Uh, seeing that he's, you know, he's back to acting and doing very well. I haven't seen the new movie that he just won an award for, but the Oscar for, but uh, hey, here's, you know, he's killing it. And uh, they had, a, he's got a lot of love for Harrison Ford. I mean, Harrison Ford, I believe, was at the Oscars. And I, th- if I remember correctly, he gave 
was presenting the Oscar to Kihui Kwan, Mr. Short Round. Um, no, it doesn't look, I don't see Kihui Kwan. It'd be great to have that motherfucker back. And Dr. Jones! Um, why, why did they not do that? Is uh Mads Mickelson is uh is in there. I love some Mad Mads Mickelson. And uh John Rhys Davies is uh coming back as his as Salah. He was also in the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um other than that, I don't see Karen Allen on here. So I think the only other person to return other than Harrison Ford, would be John Reese davies uh, Unless Kihoi Kwan's got a very small part. Um, <clears throat> I was directed by James Mangold. It wasn't like Spielberg or Lucas. What the fuck? I really haven't paid that much attention to the news of it. These deep fakes, for the, the stills of it, at least look decent. I mean, it's uh, pretty easy to deep fake pictures, I guess, to make them look Look young. Um, Antonio Banderas is also in it, which God loves some, some Banderas. Uh, it is does look like a lot of it is him old though, so they didn't have to deep fake it all. There's a. Go ahead and mute this. Here we go. It's muted, so I can I can get the look here, and uh, I mean it looks like an Indiana Jones movie. But man, it looks ah, cinematography looks great. See, I really enjoyed. I know a lot of people piss all over uh, the Crystal Skull movie. Um, but I enjoyed going to see it in the theater. I enjoyed it. I I I think I still have it on Blu-ray. But uh, I didn't like go out and uh, watch it like multiple times in the theater. But it was so good because a lot of time passed between. The Last Crusade and um, the Crystal Skull movie, whatever the fucking Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Um, it definitely. Uh, I mean, it was there was some definitely cheesy parts to it, but I mean, hell, the fucking original movie was very cheesy, and I think Indiana Jones is one of those things that is best to have like a it. When it's good, you know, it's like a theme park ride. That's like like Back to the Future. Why those movies were so big, I think, it was because it was like being on a theme park ride. And, like, especially, uh, though I don't think, you know, it was, like, the biggest in the box office, but Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I mean, that part, very much a theme park ride. You look at the part where he's on the, uh, 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 the mine trains. They keep doing the mine train stuff. I mean, that's very much, uh, you know, very much a theme park stuff. And, uh, well, the hell, I mean, they fuck the original one. I mean, he's running from the boulder and stuff. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they, the, <laughs> if they have the Stargate added in there. <laughs> and Dr. Otto von Schlutz <laughs> creates AIDS. If I remember correctly, but he's going back. Indiana Jones has to take the Stargate to go uh, to go find the cure. <laughs> uh, so if you see that in the new Indiana Jones, um, remember they ripped us off, and I I deserve a payday. <laughs> that is a candy bar. That, fucking George George Lucas and Steven Spielberg owe me a payday. If if any of that stuff ends up uh, uh, in, in in this movie, then damn it. It's June 30th. We got a little bit on that one. But I believe Evil Dead is coming out this within like this week, weekend, or maybe another week or something. It's soon. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'll need to... Whew. Need to go see some movies, which I guess Evil Dead would already be out. Now I got. Now I'm curious because I don't see any alerts on that really. Ah, 
Evil Dead Rise, motherfucker. I think that's the new one. Not motherfucker, just Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, April 21st is that release date. I feel like there was something being released on the 1st, though. Oh, you know what? I think it's the... I think... I think this weekend might be the start of one of the new Walking Dead spinoffs. Like the uh, Maggie Negan thing. Might be? It's one of them. I don't know. There's like... was it? Like a 100 spinoffs now for the... Uh, Fucking uh, Walking Dead, something like that. Two hundred. It's it's hard to say. Three hundred. They. I feel like they're trying to milk it way too much. I feel like too they should have gone with a a Rick movie and not just create another show with him, Michelle. Should have gone movie, gone big. Now it's just like we're continuing on the Walking Dead. <laughs> Uh, it's Evil Dead Rise, though. I I would like to see that. I mean, I, I love me some Deadites. And uh, I don't really know much about this one either. I just, I'm just not in the know anymore. You know? I, it's, it's crazy. I'm so fucking old. I'm just not in the know anymore. I used, to, I could have, myself, like, you know, 10, 10 years ago, <laughs> would slap the shit out of me for not knowing who directed this film. Like, who was involved? Like, uh, I know that uh, Bruce Campbell's been pumping it on Twitter. So I follow him on Twitter, which is the, one of the few things I still pay attention to on Twitter. As it's become such a, a shit show. But, uh, oh man, what the fuck? There's this girl that uh, looked like she was peeing on the counter. I don't know what's going on there. I'm watching the trailer for the new Evil Dead. <laughs> Uh, it looks good. I did like the re uh, sort of reboot they did a few years ago, which shit, I guess it was like ten years ago now. I want to say it was like twenty thirteen. I don't remember when exactly they did it. Maybe it was even earlier than that. I think it might have been earlier than that because I think I still had my old apartment. But that one was pretty good. Still have yet to play the game, the newest game. Well, hell, I guess I've never played any of the Evil Dead games. Uh, but yeah, good stuff to look forward to coming up in the theater, though. Maybe good stuff, stuff that you know I'm looking forward to. It it may it may let me down. It may let me down. Movies sometimes do that. They sometimes do that. But uh, yeah, that's all I've really got. I, I guess I should try to wrap this up because. Uh, I guess I need to get some sleep because I'm going to run at least, I guess, a little bit tomorrow. We'll see if I get conned into doing way more than I should or that my pride gets the best of me or whatever. Um, the moment, might I just might get too excited. <laughs> like, you know what? I can run to Herman from Dutzow. I can run 32 miles. This makes sense. Uh, but then I don't have the problem. Like, how am I going to get back to my car? Cause I don't have a ticket for the train. That's how my buddies are getting back. They're, they're taking the train and, uh, I won't, I, I, I have no plans of doing that. I, uh, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I might come back cripple, which is a problem because I do have to go to work and I need to be on my feet all day and, uh, <laughs> make the big bucks and Mulder's yelling at me. He's, Gonna, you good? Do I need to wrap it up, Mulder? Fox? Yeah? All right. Well, like the, the man here says, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.